It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ray. Ashley is dead. Welcome, that's right. For, <laughs> for the first time ever, Ashley is not appearing at the podcast. It is long overdue. We are better off. No, I, I love Finally Ashley. You not. all know that. I'm kidding. But... I'm kidding. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ray. Um, hi, my name's Ray. Uh, I'm a Chicago actor, and I also work at a bike shop in Evanston. And uh, Casey and I are very, very, very good friends from college. Ooh, um, go cats. I'm qualified to be on this podcast. Have I ever been on a podcast before? No. Um, but did I grow up <laughs> watching Nicktoons? Also, no. So, get excited. <laughs> However, Ray is probably... There are a couple of you who are up there, but Ray is probably the most dedicated listener to the podcast, uh, who watches every single episode and listens to every single podcast. So, I think you're ready. I don't know. I think you're selling yourself short. I feel ready. I feel like I've, like, stepped into... I was telling Casey earlier, like, I listened to all of the episodes through, like, episode 60-something, maybe? Like, in one big chunk. Like, for a month or two, I was just, like, catching up on this podcast from the beginning. And, um... It was weird to get to the present day and have Casey last week mention me on the podcast. I felt like it was like <laughs> if you were watching TV and one of the characters turned and spoke directly to you. <laughs> and now I've like stepped into that world and it's like, I'm on TV now. It's a podcast. I know it's yep. not TV. I'm, this is where it happens, <laughs> though. Aware. It's happening right now. Pretty wild. All right. <laughs> awesome. Right well. Now. This is a, we got a very exciting episode for you guys today. Last time we discussed fine dining. Thank you again at Allie the Writer for your very cohesive and interesting episode themes. We'll be sure to use more soon. And Norbert, don't you worry, we'll be getting one of yours in very soon. I will say in the next uh, five episodes, I believe, we have it slated. So it's coming up. All right. Uh, you guys also answered the weekly Twitter poll, which asked the question... Should Arnold date Lila or Helga? So, uh, vast majority of you, about three quarters, right now I'm looking at it, it says 78% of you voted for Helga. Um, I will say, I personally voted for Helga uh, to move this poll forward so I could look at the results, but personally, I think Arnold should stay single for a while and focus on himself. That's a great, that's a great answer. I hadn't even, I hadn't even really thought of that. You know, he's also in what, fourth grade? He's like 10, so I think he should maybe stay single for a while and focus on like learning long division, yeah. which we can talk about later. Um, and Helga, so Helga, so yeah, long division, <laughs> like AJ, or no, I always get that wrong. It's not long division. It's uh, <laughs> multiplying fractions. <laughs> it was my yeah. trivia yeah. question. <laughs> Um, I did vote for Lila. I figure if he had to pick one right now, Helga's the one who, you know, also needs some time to she, she learn really how to treat others. <laughs> to be single for a while and focus on herself, like, more than right. anyone. I love her, but, oh boy. Yeah. Beautiful. So this week, we have a substitute teachers episode. Ray came up with this. I think it's a great idea for our substitute host today, and we've got an interesting lineup of shows for you guys. Um, and please don't do the thing where all of you tweet at me on Twitter and say that you're somebody else who listens to the show and, like, giggle behind my back and, like, drop your pencils when I'm not looking. I know all your tricks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. 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 
so the first episode we're going to be talking about is an episode of Ah! Real Monsters called The Substitute. It's season four, episode 7B, uh, and it aired on October 25th, 1997. And in this one, the Gromble is absent, and Oblina finds his replacement's fun-loving approach at teaching to be pretty frustrating, and she starts to uncover some uh, pretty suspicious behavior. You know what? Ray, I almost called you Ashley. I I don't know why I continue to copy and How paste. How dare you, Patricia? <laughs> How dare you? Um, <laughs> nice, nice. Anyway. Well done. But um, uh, but anyway, Ray, <laughs> I'm still not sure why I continue to copy-paste out these d- descriptions from the wiki. I should just make them up myself. But uh, So that's yeah. our synopsis. This is... Probably my favorite episode of All Real Monsters we've watched so far. I, I had a great time. Definitely, I think um, one of the one of the best ones I've seen, and all actually all the ones I've seen have been for this show. So yes, the, same with I me. Would say, actually, best episode of All Real Monsters we've covered for this show. <laughs> um, first of all, I just want to start by saying that I love the Gromble. The Gromble is one of my favorite characters of Nicktoons of all time. It's like him, Helga Pataki, right up there at the top. He's so... Just like... We'll get into this like as we get into the episode, but he's so multi-layered because he is obviously scary. His whole thing is he's teaching you how to be scary, but he's also like absolutely serving looks every single day. <laughs> the makeup, the shoes, like he's got it. But then he's also just like so studious yeah, like he's very so well about, read like book learning and hard work and i just i i identify so much with all of that what what an icon uh, what an i'm icon. so glad i will say he's no george licker your obvious favorite character in all of nicktoons but. oh sure <laughs> yeah it's it's george licker it's uh what's his name the dad who dates lois for a hot oh, second told by ginger <laughs> with buzz with the three awful with the sons. three sons um, um yeah yeah can we talk Um, about oblina calling fun quote irresponsible and lazy (laughs) (laughs) i think it is irresponsible and lazy yeah she's it's um okay so the concept of the episode is the gromble is mysteriously uh not teaching their class and he is replaced by a substitute whose name is scritch which first of all his intro is such a good like two second gag Yes. Um, he goes to, like, write his name on the chalkboard, but instead he just, like, does a horrible, like, nails on chalkboard noise, because that's his name, is, like, the, that noise. Oh, um, I'm such an idiot. I just thought it was, if you wrote his name, it was pronounced X, or it looked like the letter X. <laughs> no, but he, like, does an You're X right. on the chalkboard. It's so only it for the noise. Like that's hilarious. It's for Scritch, yeah. I love it. Um, and uh, so he's, like... Uh, there's definitely, like, different substitute teacher archetypes, both in life and in TV, and we'll go through a couple of them in this mm-hmm. episode, uh, or in this uh, series of episodes, but he is definitely, like, the quote-unquote fun teacher. Like, I think we all had a substitute in school who actually tried, like, too hard to be fun. Yes. Like, I brought you guys all candy. I actually wouldn't complain if they brought us candy, but, like, right. we're not gonna put your pencils away. Like, he's <laughs> like, we're just gonna play... Slime ball. Slime ball, which um, I and they just can we get try down? to like play a game of slime ball someday? <laughs> I would like. I want to look oh, up like whatever absolutely. rules exist. <laughs> I think it's just dodgeball, right, but with slime. But with slime, so That's... it's even better. 
Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So Oblina it's is with her like, little gang. It's just like dodgeball and make it gross. Right. Oblina, Crum, and Ickis are like hanging out in like the cafeteria, and they're Oblina is kind of sharing her suspicions with her friends. And she goes, I mean, just look at him. And Crum holds up one of his eyes. <laughs> I just There's love that so visual gag. There's so many good gag. little visual gags in this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Oblina doesn't trust him right away because she is such a, like, Hermione Granger yeah, type, yeah. like, teacher's pet. Like, I want, like, I already memorized the lesson plan. Like, I'm ready to go. Let me show you my scares. And the fact that this guy is just goofing off is, like... Just, like, does not compute with Oblina. Um, so she's suspicious right away, but most people are like, this is obviously a great time. You're crazy for wanting class to be harder. No, this is fun. We're going to have fun. Um, but the second day the teacher comes in, Gromble is known for his iconic red pumps. He's got, uh, what, he's got four legs, and, and he's always wearing four mm-hmm. uh, iconic red pumps. Right. And... Even all the kids that love this new substitute teacher, he comes on the second day wearing the Grombles shoes. Oof, you just and know something's like, up. There is a, there's a zero percent chance the Gromble would ever lend anyone his shoes, which I love that. That's when everyone starts to get suspicious. Right. What a take. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they 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 uh, know their teacher. Uh, you know, they don't necessarily love him, but they they know. Like you said, he would never give up his shoes. Also, don't. Don't, listeners, don't tell anyone, but I am also wearing Ashley's shoes right now. <laughs> Which is fitting, because you, you are the fun substitute compared to Ashley. I'm like, we get to play slime ball, we're having a great time, Ashley would never let me do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Casey's just, I just poured him a big old bowl, bowl of sugary cereal, he's got a milkshake for breakfast. Yeah. Oh, milkshakes I was just gonna say, episode. yeah, milkshakes are, if you were... Oof. I mean, if this was like a flirty student teacher fantasy, then yes, milkshakes. <laughs> we'll get there. That will make more um, sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just how Casey and I live our lives. Yeah, um, that's so also anyway, true. Um, it gets a little more suspicious, and um, Scritch like really gets along with all the students except Oblina yeah. because Oblina doesn't like buy his act, and he. He gets her name wrong every single time. And it's, like, clearly and somewhat intentional. Yeah, because he doesn't do that to anybody right. else. Um, and his his recourse after, like, two or three days of this student in his class, like, being a little suspicious and not loving his teaching method is, like, I think I gotta push her into the sewer. <laughs> Like, I, I just gotta get rid of her. Yeah, it's like, very Lion King. It's very Mufasa and Scar, you yeah. know? She, and, well, he also he also kidnaps um, the other two. Yep. Like... It's really dark. Just, it's... It's it's like he has no... It, it, he, he always... He takes things too far right away immediately every time. Right. Um, and we, we later learn... This might be skipping ahead a bit, but we, we learn that, you know, he didn't graduate <laughs> teaching school, right? Because apparently only, like, one person gets to graduate teaching school in this universe. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. Oh, also, um, when he kidnaps the Gromble and the other two, he tells the, the two... Why am I forgetting that? Uh, Ickes um, and Crumb. He tells Ickes and Crumb, I can't let you go. You know too much. 
And Crumb says, no one's ever said that before. Crumb is my favorite character in this show. I I love his design. I love his voice cracks me up. It's like that He's... fox in Adventure Time. I think it's a fox, right? You know, it's got this like adult man voice and I don't know, it's so out of place and amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um and he's yeah, he's just he's also just very unapologetically and gross but in a low key way. Right. Yes. I think a lot of cartoons when they go to a place of being gross, it's like, "Look at me. I'm picking my nose." Right. And he's just like, "This is this is who I am." Exactly. This is, this is normal. Oh, I have another um, poll quote I would love to discuss real quick. <laughs> it's when, you know, we get a little montage of uh of Scritch running class later oh without Ablina and he's like having fun they're all kind of like blah blah he goes aren't I the greatest <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so like he is so convinced that he is such a good teacher because he lets the kids have fun and you see in the flashback like when you see him in the flashback uh him and the Gromble in school at the same time like the Gromble was very much well first of all he was he was still himself so he was still you know you know, living his fashion life, but he was also, in many ways, like, Oblina, like, top of the class, teacher's pet, like, getting everything right, and the Scritch was just, like, he was, he was goofing off, he was, um, what's the, what what are the things they show us in the montage? He's just, like, drawn on the chalkboard, and he's... They're in, like, gym class, right? Sort of, some weird monster version of gym class. Maybe that's just slime ball. God, I don't know. Um, but yeah, gr- the grumble even says, as the scritch has him tied up, like you're lazy. You are lazy, and you didn't do your homework. Like, oh, oh, I see fault. what you mean now. You that montage, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we. Well, <laughs> there's the drawings, which is great. The quote: "My little man was scared, oh just like grumbles." Um, yeah, we basically just get this vengeful monologue about how, like, you were always the favored student and blah, blah, blah. And even though they're talking about what is supposedly Monster College, like, the way he's talking about it, it sounds more like he's talking about, like, Monster Third Grade, because he gets so childish and upset. Mm -hmm. And, um, another poll quote, he's like, I can think of... Of, of eight or ten or eleven, <laughs> eleven specific examples of times that you, like, upstaged me, and it's so... And Crumb, Crumb just goes, I think we're gonna be here a while. <laughs> it's, yeah, because it's, it's clear that, like, if he had his druthers, he would just continue monologuing about, like, how hard it was being upstaged by the Gromble at Monster College. Um, oh, and then the oh grumble man. goes, well, what have you been doing for the last few years? And then, <laughs> like it's the most obvious thing in the world, Scritch goes, buying lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so good. He's such a good character. He really is. He's such, yeah. a, fo- he's such a good foil to the grumble and to Ablina yes. and to this, like, weird monster school world. And then um, we get this, like, weirdly cool fight scene. Yeah. Where he's, um, uh, like, Oblina jumps in, and she's got, like, um, a headband tied tied around her forehead, like, this is some kind of, like, ninja or samurai movie, uh, she's, like, it's, like, there's this whole, now the student has become the teacher moment. She tells him how to pronounce Um, her, his, her name. And during the fight, this is my favorite moment of the episode, during the fight, they knock over a shelf, 
It's a giant shelf <laughs> con- containing approximately, I would say, around 20 pairs of identical red pumps. So the Grommel doesn't just have, like, one, or I guess he would need two pairs of shoes. Right. He's got, like, a, a set of four for, like, every day for several weeks. Yeah. Like, he is so rich. I love that, like, um, commitment to the sort of cartoon world of, you know, characters have a uniform, essentially. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're seeing his closet, and it's all, <laughs> is it, you know, metaphorical. Not metaphorical, it's conceptual closet, and he literally just has all of these different pairs. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the uh, sirens. Gotta like talk he, about the and, sirens. Yes. Um, oh, so um, <laughs> after Oblina beats up the Scritch and like wins this epic bamboo versus bone fight, because <laughs> the thing that a teacher gets in the monster world is they get a bone. When they graduate. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so she's fighting him with a stick of bamboo, and she's like, call the monster police. And they call the monster police, um, and instead of, like, a a mechanical siren, there's these two little red and blue monsters that are just jumping up and down in turn, making a Wii U noise, and it is weirdly adorable. (laughs) They're so cute. It really felt like an Adventure Time kind of thing, just these cute little guys sitting on top of a cage, going, Wii U, Wii U. Like the banana guards. Yeah. It, I was about to say yeah. it 100% sounds like something the banana guards would do. Um, and and what's weird is, like, so the monsters love living in this, like, creepy, gross, disgusting, uh, like, sewer, subterranean world. And so when uh, Scritch is sent to, like, prison, he's actually sent above ground to this, like, beautiful, idyllic-looking, like, field of flowers. Mm-hmm. But for them, that's, like... They don't want to be in a fancy, pretty field of flowers. Um, And uh, so basically the the whole thing in the episode is uh, the Gromble is saying, like, you can't just have fun all the time. Like, you have to work for something, like, that's important to you. And as Scritch is being, like, lifted up towards Monster Prison, which is the great outdoors, he's like... I think I did find something to work towards, and it is revenge. So we see him in this, like, school bus, just, like, plotting revenge. Yeah, I wonder if that's, that gets that's followed up ends. on. I, I haven't seen any more of our real monsters than you have, so I, I really have no idea. Yeah, it would honestly be great if he does come back, because he's a really good character. He's really funny. He is, yeah. Um, I think that's that's all I've got to say on this one. Any any concluding thoughts on your end? Oh god. I just I just love the Gromble. <laughs> I just love how much he commits to every bit of his life. Like I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to like like cuz we don't really see him in the classroom in this episode, but when he is in the classroom, he is so like He's 110% there. Like, he's not just going to teach his students how to be scary. He's going to terrify his students. That's true. Like, yeah, he's very method. Um, yeah. The commitment to the look, the 20 pairs of red pumps, amazing. And just, like, he has never said a calm sentence in his life. <laughs> like, we are calming him down so much when we paraphrase him. But he literally is, like, screaming as Scritch is getting lifted up, like, you must work! You must work! And it's so weird. So bizarre. Um, so anyway, he's he's horrifying. I love him. Um, and it was fun to sort of see uh, this dynamic of, like, um, you know, they are very terrified of the Gromble in 
most of the episodes, but sort of seeing, you know, they're learning to be scary monsters, and it's it's a tough job out there uh, in the world. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, good for them to have a teacher that at least cares about them learning. Yeah. A teacher who's going to have them play slime ball every single day. No. Yeah, you get tired of that exactly, game after a while. Exactly, exactly. It'd be like the Squidward, uh, Squidsville, uh, the episode. So can't have that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shall we move on to Hey Arnold? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Our second episode is from Hey Arnold. It's called Crush on Teacher, and it's from Season 2, Episode 14B. This one originally aired on November 5th, 1997. Uh, so in this episode, Arnold develops a crush on his substitute teacher, Miss Felter, and Gerald uh, tries to help him win her over. So, <laughs> this episode... Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and now... <laughs> Yeah, coming clean, I remember I was on one of Patricia's casual chats, and we were talking about what our least favorite Hey Arnold episodes were, or like least favorite episodes of popular Nicktoons, and I cited this one as one of mine, just because I remembered it being really creepy and unsettling. I'm glad I gave it another chance, because I actually did enjoy this episode. It's, uh, it is creepy, but it's less creepy than I originally intended, because I think, than I originally thought, because... I think every kid has a crush on a teacher at some point, and, like, she seems like she's flirty back, but she really isn't. It's all a misunderstanding. I think it's interesting, like, because you had the experience, I guess, of watching it as a kid, or at least when you were younger, and then watching it mm -hmm. again as an adult. And I think if you... I wonder if, when you're watching as a kid, you have the perspective of, like, ooh, but maybe my teacher could have a crush back on me. And when you're watching as an adult, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, she's clearly just a teacher who, like definitely is like friendly with this student but not to much more than a normal degree um right and and we do have the early line which you noted as, as strange the oh arnold i'm very partial to that name and it's like oh that is kind of weird and then you find out that her fiance's name is arnold which is kind of funny but she it's... probably should have explained yeah, that right I, up front right i feel like <laughs> if um i feel like yeah if, i'm just trying to think back to when i was like their age if a teacher had said, I'm very partial to that name, we would have been like, what on earth does that mean? Although if a teacher had said, uh, that's my fiancé's name, we would not have gotten to class uh -huh. for another 20 minutes because we'd all be like, you have a fiancé? His name's Arnold? Oh, that's, that's crazy, so but that's real. also Arnold's name. Wait, what's he look like? Show me a picture. Show me a picture. When are you getting married? Yep. Like, invite us to the that's wedding. That's true. So she might have just been thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but... Um, so basically, yeah, Arnold gets a, t a crush on this cute teacher, uh, and she's she's nice to him, um, but he's, like, totally smitten. He's, like, reading poetry, and he's writing her name on all his homework, and Gerald is, like, from moment one, so over it. Um, he, <laughs> when he figures out that Arnold has a crush, we he says, Arnold, you got the disease. <laughs> <laughs> we all need a Gerald in our lives, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. Um, oh, oh man. he's, yeah, Arnold is so flustered. He puts his shirt. So every single day, I can't believe this. This child wears <laughs> a flannel and then a sweatshirt over the fully buttoned up flannel. And I think he wears a third shirt underneath the flannel, right? 
I would assume so. Okay. So he anyway he puts, yeah he'd have to have an undershirt right <laughs> yeah so in this in this yeah, episode that's a lot we of get layers. a rare glimpse of his flannel that he usually keeps underneath his sweater, uh, but he puts it on backwards so instead of hanging out behind his uh, behind him like it usually does it's hanging out in front of him and it definitely looks weird although it always kind like it's a weird look and he must be so sweaty. Okay, I'm over it. I'm done talking about his flannel. No, it is, that is, and we also saw it in the episode where Gerald and Arnold ride uh, the swan boat. Okay. Because um, he uses it as a sail. Oh, the um, the whale, the bit, the fish. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh, I should know its name. It's not Weezened, but it was in that same chunk of episodes of Gerald's Legends. Uh, At first, Gerald is just like making fun of him for this crush. He's like, "This is absurd." But then he overhears her talking about her fiancé, who is an adult human man named Arnold. Uh, but all that Gerald hears is like, I'm going to, you know, Arnold's coming over tonight and, oh, we're going to have dinner and it's going to be so great and I can't wait to see Arnold. And Gerald, like, tells the story back doing her voice, which is so funny. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and it's that melodramatic thing where he only hears the part of her conversation that makes it sound like... Yeah. Uh, she has a crush on Arnold, the R. Arnold, mm-hmm. and, you know, as soon as he leaves, she's saying, my fiancé, it's that classic sort of just-missed bits of the conversation thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arnold has got it bad, right? So he's, like, doing it's his long so division bad. homework, and all of the answers are misfelted. He's he writing, gets... yeah, he put his shirt on backwards. Um, he's got he's, that like, dream doing where she Romeos. gives him a chocolate milkshake, um, <laughs> yes. which I will say <laughs> the is chocolate the ideal milkshake. Date by the way. Um, yeah, for real. Maybe not at a teacher's desk, but you do you. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to that. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Gerald is like, wow, okay, so she really does expect Arnold to come over. So he's like, I'm going to teach Arnold how to flirt. And this is like, uh, uh, we see similar scenes in like several episodes of Gerald like trying to teach Arnold how to be cool. And it's so funny because Gerald, like... And I think this is a real thing with kids, too. Like, Gerald is not getting his information from, like, real-world experience. He's getting his information from, like, media. And, like, in this specific one, he talks about, like, his mom's magazines. So he's teaching Arnold how to walk, (laughs) like like a runway or catwalk walk. And he says, your walk has to say that you are one very special mademoiselle, which is absurd. Um, right, right. All of his dialogue <laughs> that he gives Arnold is great. You know, what does he call her? A mamacita? Or, you know, a senorita? Yeah, and then um, <laughs> he tells Arnold, this is going to be the biggest thing we talk yep. about in the episode. He yep, tells yep. Arnold the purr. to purr. It's like a... <laughs> and Arnold's like, do I have to do the purr? He's like, the entire date could be made or, break, made or broken by the purr. Like, you have to do the purr. Chicks dig the purr. Um... <laughs> Uh, and so then he goes and, like, for some reason they know where the teacher's house is. And, um, Arnold, like, goes in, and Gerald just obviously waits outside in the bushes outside his teacher's house with a walkie-talkie. Like, that's how you wingman. That's what you do. He is the ultimate wingman. Truly. Yeah. And Arnold, God, it's just so uncomfortable <laughs> when he shows up at her door expecting, oh he brings her flowers, he's all dressed up. And he thinks that he's going over for a date with her. And she is, you know, kind of amused, but, like, isn't getting what's going on. She's confused. uh, It's 
to her credit, she's, like, really nice to this little boy who shows up while she's getting ready for, like, a big date with her fiancé. Um, uh-huh. Like, I think a lot of people would be just like, stop it. I'm off the clock. Like, go away. Why do you know where my house yeah. is? Um, and she's just like, yeah, I'll be nice. Um, there's, it's just, it's so uncomfortable. He keeps trying to, like, repeat these lines of dialogue that he got from Jared or Gerald, um, he, <laughs> the walkie-talkie goes off in his pants while they're talking, and he says, sometimes my pants, um, they talk. <laughs> he initially Just the worst. does not purr, and then he runs off to, like, talk to Gerald on the walkie-talkie, and Gerald's like, did you purr? And he's like, no, I forgot the purr! And he's like, you gotta purr! <laughs> I also love the Spanish. He She's so saying, you know, bad. you're... He calls her a senorita, and she goes, ah, muchas gracias, and Arnold says, ah, enchilada. Oh, God. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, does he do the purr in there? I forget the exact sequencing, but he does the purr, and she, she doesn't even give him a pity laugh or anything. It's just, like, an awkward, like, huh. God, and I think that's probably when she figures it out, like, oh, no, this small child is flirting with me. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> yeah, because, I love that she has no idea, because she clearly doesn't until that moment. Yeah, but then by the time her fiancé does show up, she's like, I think yeah. there's been a little misunderstanding here. Um, and she's nice, she's, she's nice but firm about it, which is the way you gotta yes. be when you're turning someone down, especially yep. a child. Um, yep. And she says, I like Arnold's, <laughs> which is really cute. Yeah, yeah. Um... So yeah, the episode ends uh, with Arnold just heading out on his way. Gerald found a dog, I guess, while uh, Arnold was in there. But then as they're walking away, we hear her fiancé talking to her. And he says the exact thing that Gerald told Arnold to say. And then he does the purr. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) And I am... It felt like the ending of, like, a Fairly Odd Parents episode where they throw the joke in at the end. But then again, Hey Arnold does usually like to have a distinctive button at the end of every episode. Oh, so God. I, I loved it. I mean, it's... we'll we'll get into the purr later <laughs> of the, a bit more in the conclusion. Oh, but Man. <laughs> it's... It's... I... Ah... Uh, it's so much. It's so much. I just... I'm trying to figure out where Gerald would have gotten that. Right, and he also finds a dog. Yeah, yeah, like a like a fancy looking dog, like a big white fluffy yeah, dog. Yeah, when Arnold leaves the house, Ger- Gerald is just hanging out with this dog. <laughs> they never speak about it. The dog just runs away. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. This is, it's it's a little bit awkward. It's um, it's kind of nice to see Arnold not knowing what to do because I think in a lot of episodes he's like the the. stable like moral pillar of the episode like you really know what to do uh but in this one he got to be a kid and be less wise for once so flustered and it's such a good gerald episode like yes it really is you like gerald watch this episode gosh absolutely yeah definitely enjoyed this one more than i thought i would and i'm glad i'm glad we included it and it's an interesting take on the whole substitute teacher thing oh yeah yeah it's um Uh, I guess from these episodes, we know there's three kinds of substitute teacher. Really nice, really pretty, and we're going to get into the third one, but it's really strict. Nice segue. Let's do it. (laughs) 
All right, our third and final episode is uh, from SpongeBob SquarePants. It's called Mrs. Puff, You're Fired, and it's from Season 4, Episode 9B. It aired on April 1st, 2006. Oh, it was an April Fool's Day episode. Oh, it was. I I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. And about nine years after our other episodes, we got a whole window here. And in this one, Mrs. Puff gets fired and is replaced by a stricter, more military-style teacher. Um, so basically, the setup for this is really simple. Mrs. Puff gets fired because there have been too many failings in her class. She says, only one of my students has ever failed. And, uh, it's true, but he's failed over 1,200,000 times. It's our good friend Spongebob Squarepants. Which has to be, like, at least a hundred times a day, right? <laughs> like... But the thing is, like, when you watch him in this episode, if you're like, Spongebob, are you ready to, like, do anything? He jumps into the boat, and he's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to drive. So you can totally picture him, like, throughout the course of, like, an, you know, what, an eight-hour school day, just constantly jumping into the car saying, I'm ready to take the test, crashing, and doing it over and over again. That's true, I guess, he, like, because his failures are so catastrophic, they happen quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's weird because in the other episodes, we only ever see him in the classroom. But rest assured, he's failing. He's failing fast. He's failing hard. And it is, it's going on his permanent record. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the always present permanent record in all these shows. <laughs> so um, I'm a, but basically. I'm a big Mrs. Puff fan. I don't know, I think the Spongebob community is a little divided on her, but I think she's hilarious and a great sort of done-with-it adult surrounded by morons. She's so funny in this episode because when she gets fired, she's not upset. She's like, yes, I don't have to teach Spongebob anymore. Immediately inflates herself with air and just floats away, (laughs) which I have wanted to do in various work situations so many times, and there's something so cathartic about that. If only we could all be (laughs) pufferfish. Gosh. Um, And so, instead of Mrs. Puff, they get this really scary shark uh, to come and teach their class. And he is so aggressive. He's like, there's no talking in my class. Someone tries to ask him a question. That guy's out. He's like, there's no eating in my class. But then he, like, immediately tries to trick them by offering them chocolate. One of these poor suckers fall for, falls for it. Yeah, he goes, so everyone... He goes. would you like a bonbon? And this, you know, innocent-looking fish goes, yeah, okay. He, he takes it and he goes, how is it? He goes, it's a uh, delightful <laughs> it's a taste delightful sensation. It's a delightful taste sensation. <laughs> and then the sergeant picks him up and th- tosses him like a javelin out of the class. So everybody, everybody runs, because this guy is, like, terrifying and unfair and, like, oh, abusive. Yep. Except for Spongebob, who I guess is, like, too eager or too dumb. Uh, and we get this, actually, it reminded me of, because uh, you guys just talked about the movie, where it's, like, is he a man or a boy? And it's, again, this concept of, like, he is so boyish and childish that he ends up, like, doing what could be, in the situation, considered the most manly thing. Uh, so he sticks it out. Um, and, uh, it reminded me a little bit of, um, in As Told by Ginger, when Miranda's dad is a drill sergeant, Mm. and he's, like, putting them through 
all these like horrendous, horrible obstacle courses because that's basically what this guy's doing. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's pretty similar. To the max. <laughs> right. And yeah, so we have our first kind of bout of body horror in Spongebob. Oh I don't think there was much before this where Spongebob has to crawl the course, and he gets this rock in his palm, which is already awful enough, and then his, like, butt scrapes against the ground, and there's, like, blood, right? Or, like, red asphalt. There's, like, pieces of his butt, like, yeah, flying off, and then, like, he catches on fire a little bit, and it's, like, it's pretty, I'm gonna be honest, it's pretty upsetting. Yes. Like, it's... And the way he's crawling, like, looks from some, looks like something from a horror movie, it's all a little bit weird. Uh, the one bit of, like, body horror-esque humor that I did appreciate was that um, when he does, like, fail to complete the course the first time, the drill sergeant character is lecturing him, and he takes Spongebob's arm off of his body and uses it as, like, a pointer, and is like, here's what you have to do, and then he gives it back, and the arm is already in, like, a salute shape. Yeah. Um, which is cute. And then, yeah, can we talk about the bandana? That's kind of pivotal to this episode. Not the bandana, but the... You know, he, he, he had the blindfold. The blindfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, okay, also, in the middle of the episode, he's, like, wearing a helmet, and he has got eight rearview mirrors, which, as your local bike shop manager, let me tell you, absolutely the move if you are concerned about safety. Um, but then he goes straight from that to, like, you have to do the whole course blindfolded. And he gets so used to doing the course blindfolded that he can't do it not blindfolded. Yeah, which is fascinating because you think, you know, That's... given one more additional helpful tool, you'd be able to do it better. But SpongeBob is so literal and so methodical that he can only do it the way he was taught. And a disaster ensues. And I'm not usually a big fan of, like, long visual gags, but this is just awesome. There's so many things. Like, they, um... First they drive into someone's house, and then they drive into the pipes themselves of, like, their sewer system. So you see them driving through all these underground pipes. Um, they drive through, at some, at some point, a cake, and it's a three-layer cake, and there's three of them in the car, and each of them is wearing a different layer as a hat. Um, oh, Mrs. Puff is trying to enjoy her rest and relaxation, and she's, like, painting in a field. They drive through the painting, and so even after they're gone, the image of them, like, losing their minds driving this car is in the painting. It's like the painting is, is so a live funny. feed or, like, took a snapshot. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's the classic physics-defying Spongebob that we all love. Um, you know, they literally drive through pipes. They're driving through buildings. It's, uh, oh, it's insane. And then this drill sergeant is like, the brake, son! Spongebob goes, aye, aye, sir. He goes down and he goes, just had to unscrew some bolts. And he hands him the brake, that classic Spongebob literalism. Oh my gosh. It's so, yeah, because um, part of his training was to, like, take the car apart and rebuild it. And somehow, this is earlier in the episode, when he takes it apart and rebuilds it, he rebuilds it not as a car, but as a rocket ship. Anyway. So, yeah, instead of just yeah. hitting the brakes, he uninstalls the brakes and it's clear like they're not going to be able to stop this car so this man this this drill sergeant shark character is like i've got to stop this car it gets really dark for a second because he turns to the guy who's like judging spongebob's driving test and he goes tell my wife i love her and he jumps in front of this careening moving vehicle and it just decks him he goes <laughs> flying 
<laughs> and he is not seen for the rest of the episode. Like, That's true. This fish died. <laughs> they killed this man. <laughs> like, oh, and it's brutal too. Like the sound effect is... and the like visual of him just getting nailed by this car. You think oh, maybe God. you know it's a cartoon. He's really strong. He'll probably stop the car. Nope, it goes right through him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it just totally decimates him. And that's, that's it. Um, it also gives you, I would say, like, an appreciation for Mrs. Puff that she has been able to contain SpongeBob's destructive driving for as long as she has. Mm -hmm. Um, like, nothing this bad has ever happened with, with her in charge. Um, and so, um... The only thing that stops him from killing, I guess, like, everyone in Bikini Bottom is that uh, Patrick's uh, swim trunks come off, and they land on his head so he can't see, and the second he can't see, he drives perfectly and flawlessly, even though he's not on the course that he learned by heart. It's kind of shocking. Yes. It is. I mean, yeah, Mrs. Puff gets her job back, and as the SpongeBob Wiki helpfully explains to us, there is, uh, it is unexplained (laughs) why she doesn't just say she doesn't want to go back to work, but, uh, she does, and the stasis is returned, as is the thing in this show. They, they put her name back on it, the, um... When, when she gets fired, because the sign above the door says Mrs. Puff's driving school, when she gets fired, somebody with black spray paint just crosses out her name, which I think is so funny. Um, and then, yeah, when she comes back, um, SpongeBob's permanent record got destroyed in the explosion that he created by uh, driving very badly. So everything is back to status quo, or like worse than status quo. Yes. Uh, it's a good episode. Um, it's I think it's one of the better post-movie episodes, because it's still pretty early post-movie, just like two years, and the first season after the movie, so new writers, you know, clearly show's going in a different direction, but I, I am a fan of this one. Yeah, and the, the visual gags are are really what makes it. I would I would check out just that last chase scene. It's so fun. Like, it's such creative cartoon thinking. Okay. It really is. It's clever. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's all I've got to say. Any uh, final thoughts? Uh, no. All right. Well, we are skipping trivia. Just had to stretch my vocal muscles. <laughs> we are skipping trivia this week, but we'll be moving on to our conclusion with our fun fact, Twitter poll, and a preview for next week. Okay, so I have a fun fact for all of you, and it is about, ah, real monsters. It is about everyone's very favorite, look-serving, scare-teaching, monster school professor, The Gromble. Uh, The Gromble was actually originally going to be called The Womble, but the writers changed his name to avoid a lawsuit from a children's book series turned to a different TV show, which was called The Wombles. And the Wombles, this is from, like, the late 60s, early 70s. It was this stop-motion TV show based on these children's books. And they're just these weird little mole-looking creatures. Um, it was, like, this environmentalist uh, show. And their motto, Casey, I thought you would appreciate this. Their motto is, 
make good use of bad rubbish. <laughs> that honestly, that's the podcast motto. Yeah, <laughs> make good I, use of bad rubbish. I, I was hoping it was that. going to be oh, what's the can- Royal Canadian <laughs> Kilted Yaksman model? Uh, we get our butts it, it, kicked. I, <laughs> Make good use of bad rubbish is pretty good. Um, there, there's some, they're just some little cute little mole looking guys. Oh, they're cute. And, I'm looking um, at them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I yeah. I guess they were just all about recycling. <laughs> um, I believe the Gromble would also recycle. Actually, yeah. The the Ariel monsters, they're all about using trash just as their everyday parts of life. So I think it's really in the spirit, the spirit of the Wombles. Yeah, I yeah, but I like the name Gromble a little more. There's something, I it's don't know. It's got a little more bite. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. A little more aggressive. Womble just sounds like he'd be the sort of dittering <laughs> fool. Uh, oh yeah, just wombling along, as yeah. opposed to grumbling. Yeah, grumble, you know. Um, <laughs> all right, well our speaking Twitter Speaking of poll. all that is... Speaking of all that is aggressive and animalistic. Yes. Speaking of that, our Twitter poll this week is, who digs the purr? Is it chicks, no one, or everyone? Do you believe Gerald's advice that chicks dig the purr? The purr? Does everyone dig the purr, purr? I can't even say it. Or does no one dig the purr? Let us know, because, uh, yeah, this I can't even do it. Casey. <laughs> It's not gonna happen. Chicks, I can't even do chicks it. at home, do you dig that? Yeah, do you? Do yeah, you, dig you, that? you heard it, so let us know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then also oh, next man. week, Ashley will be back, and it will be the week of her birthday. Uh, last year we did a birthday episode for Ashley, but uh, we're gonna do it again because we had episodes prepared for my birthday. But turns out my birthday will always be as Nick Madness concludes, and clearly Nick Madness is far more important to this podcast and its legacy than a measly birthday. So you know it's fine, Ashley. It's fine. You know you get two birthday episodes, but I'm not gonna be salty about it. I'm not gonna complain about it from start to finish as we do this episode, but. But no, there are a lot of good birthday episodes, and it should be a lot of fun. You you are going to do an episode for my birthday, right? I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> November 14th, it's coming up pretty every soon. Every birthday. We're going to, you know what, send us your birthdays. <laughs> we'll do one for every listener. It's now we'll do one for the Norbert's fri- birthday. We'll do one for Patricia's birthday. Yeah, the Friday um, night birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> well, maybe... Uh, Maybe I'll come back for my birthday. Maybe I'll come back some other time. Uh, but I'll definitely always be listening. Um, and thank you guys all for tuning in this week. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Let's do the, <laughs> the musical segments for this. Just do me singing all of them. <laughs> <laughs>